Hey, what's up? My name is Steven, and I lead Avenue Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, along with my wife and an incredible team. We really have a desire to see people experience God's unconditional love, find their true identity in Christ, and live out their purpose. And we would love to connect with you. You can find us on all social media platforms simply by searching Our Avenue Church. You can also check us out online by going to OurAvenueChurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. All right, let's get started. Week two, missing peace, Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. And we talked last week about... Um, here Isaiah is presenting God's nature. It says, for a child is born to us, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, say this together, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace, come on. That is his nature, and it says that, that his government and his peace will never end, that it's a never-ending peace. It doesn't come and ebbs and flows, that it is never-ending, and these things represent God's character. We looked at God not just being a prince of peace, but the everlasting Father, and that if we're going to have peace in any area of our life, whether it's inside, whether it's with people, whether it's with situations, if we're going to have it anywhere, we first have to come back to our everlasting Father and make peace with him. And once we get that right, then we can have peace inside, we can have peace with others, and we can begin to build peace around us. And, and in his kingdom, it says it's an everlasting peace. Now, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be strife. It doesn't mean there's not going to be complications. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be even war and storms. Because, look, get this. Jesus says this even in Matthew, and I'm sure you haven't found this on a Christmas card. It says, don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Merry Christmas, <laughs> right? So if you get a card that says peace on earth, you're like, no, that's not biblical, right? Throw it away. But like, like imagine, he says, I didn't come to bring peace on earth. I come to bring a sword. And when you, when you continue to read that, Jesus is talking about, look, I'm gonna turn father against mother and daughter against you know, mother and father against son. And what he's saying is, look, in order to follow me, you're gonna have to give up this life. And so the division that he's talking about is not necessarily wars, but it's, look, you're gonna have to divide yourself from what you find comfort and joy and identity in. You're gonna have to divide yourself from that so that you can follow me because if you try to hold Hold on to this life, you're going to lose eternal life. But if you want to have true peace, you may not have peace on earth, but you can have peace within because he says this in John 14. He says, and this is in his final conversation with his disciples. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. So, so he says, there's not necessarily going to be peace on earth, but you can have peace of mind and peace in heart. And the peace that I give you, the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. And we use like this word peace, you know, in different ways. And, and you know, me being a nine on the Enneagram, if you know anything about that, like, like I work for peace. I will keep my mouth silent and not offend anybody so that I can maintain peace. 
but really as I'm trying to maintain peace, I'm just a boiling pot on the inside. Anybody else with me, right? Because I really want to speak my mind, but I don't want to hurt your feelings, so I've got this. But Jesus says that I will give you peace, not like what the world can give. And so the, the Hebrew word for peace, and you guys may have heard this, it's the word shalom, was this, which doesn't just mean like a temporary peace. It means a wholeness. It means a completeness. It means a soundness of heart and mind. It means that, that we are, are united in our thoughts and our feelings and in, in, in who we're following, this, this shalom. And Jesus told the disciples, he said, look, you're not going to have peace on earth, but I want you to have shalom within. I want you to have peace within, peace in your thoughts, peace in your emotions. And he even promises the disciples that he's going to send another. Once he leaves to go be with the Father, he says, I will send another who will be your helper, who will be your comforter, and he will lead you into all things, talking about the Holy Spirit that he has given us a helper to help us walk and maintain in this peace of mind and peace on heart. But sometime, so Jesus tells the disciples this, John 14, 27, he says, I will leave you this peace. And sometime between Jesus saying this and his death, burial, and resurrection, the disciples forgot this because that's what happens. We hear things, we read things, we sing about things, we believe it, and then we walk away and we experience things and we forget it. And so the disciples forgot Jesus said that I will give you peace of heart and peace of mind. Because we see after his resurrection that he speaks to them again. He speaks to them in their fears and he speaks to them in their doubt. And we see them on two different occasions where they're behind closed doors, locked and we see in the first occasion, it says that they are behind the closed doors, locked because they are afraid. They are afraid of what's going to happen. And so Jesus just shows up. The Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. And it says, suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Doors are locked. There's probably not windows. He just automatically appears. I'm freaked out. Right? Like, I'm freaked out when the door is open and somebody creeps up on me, right? Like, I'm reading a book or I'm eating a bowl of cereal, and all of a sudden, like, like I've woken up in the middle of the night with my seven-year-old right above me. It's freaky. <laughs> just freaky. It's like, imagine, like, you're just in conversation, and all of a sudden, Jesus is there, right? And he's, he says this to them. He says, peace be with you. It's not necessarily peace around you, but peace be with you. And then we see again, Thomas, Jesus speaks to Thomas's doubt. And, and again, they're locked behind closed doors. And Thomas is saying, I won't believe unless I see the wounds in his hands. And I place my hand in the wound on his side. It says the door was locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was among them. And guess what he said? Peace be with you. It says, peace be with you. But we all have things in our life that, that I want to call peace robbers, right? We have difficult circumstances and situations and difficult people. Difficult situations and circumstances and difficult people. And in the last year, some of you, like in all honesty, you have really faced, had the hardest year of your life. As a small, growing church, what we've walked through with some of you guys has changed the trajectory in the course of your life. And so you have faced some difficult situations from disappointment to destruction to disease and, and just 
and even, even death, but walking through that. And Scripture promises us that we will have these storms. And Jeremiah even says this. It says, disaster follows disaster. <laughs> it says, waves of destruction. Disaster follows disaster. And there are some things that are like super small that just happens one after another after another. And you're like, guys, is this going to get any better? God, is this going to get any better? And so we start to lose that internal peace. And, you know, I joked, you know, two weeks ago, we had to put a water pump on our van and find out I need new tires. And I'm taking my youngest daughter to the doctor twice. And just like all these things, disaster follows disasters. Like when it rains, it pours. Can I get a, can I get a witness, right? It's like, I'm ready for a break. And then there's the difficult people that cause us to lose. Don't, don't look at anybody in this room, okay? <laughs> don't look, don't, you can cut your eyes as long as, you know, blink three times, all right? And I will, I will come pray with you after service, so I'll see it. Nobody else does. But, but we all have these difficult coworkers. We all have these difficult bosses and, man, difficult shopping People, like, I don't know, like, what do you even, like, difficult customers? I'm just like, I, I don't want to leave my house at all. And you're about to spend several hours with some really difficult people, your family, right? You know, some of you are going to be traveling, spending, you know, hours around a table with some in-laws or distant cousins or distant uncles, and, you know, they're just waiting, and we'll talk more about that next week. I'm really going to strengthen you for next week to walk into that season. Is is like they're waiting on you to, to get there because they have an opinion about something you've posted on Facebook, right? And and they want to let you know how they feel, and so you guys are like, yep, I'm ready for it. Like, you, 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 you've got... You know, I'm wearing Everlast, which is a boxing brand. You've got your Everlast gloves in the back seat, right, to go get. But, and, and I love this scripture that, that um, it's from David in one of the Psalms. He says, Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap my enemies in the face and shatter their teeth. Come on. It's Stephen Moore version. Punch them in the throat and knock out their teeth, right? And so that's what we want God to do. And we're just boiling like with, without peace because we want God to take care of our difficult situations and difficult people, but God gives us this promise in Isaiah for us. Isaiah is just an incredible trailer to what we get to walk in in our relationship and in peace with Jesus. And and the prophet says this, you will keep in perfect peace. Man, just let that settle. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And so, when you look at that perfect peace, it's actually the word shalom twice. When you look in the Hebrew, it is you will keep in shalom, shalom. That, that you will keep in double peace, that you will keep in better peace, in, in, in perfect peace, that nothing is withheld. But he's going to keep those whose thoughts are fixed on him. And so that, that, that word Fixed is actually the word like to hang on, to fasten to, to be, to be filled with. And so if we were to be honest, what do we fill our thoughts and our minds with right now? Is it CNN, Fox, ABC, NBC, social media, worry, doubt? What are we filling our minds with? Are we, are we fixing our thoughts on things above or are we fixing our thoughts on circumstances around us. And if we're fixing our thoughts on circumstances around us, then we're not going to be able to walk in this perfect peace, in this shalom, shalom. But if we fix our thoughts 
and we fill our thoughts with God things, then, then we are able to walk in perfect peace. And so, you know, from time to I, I hate doing acronyms, but from time to time as a preacher, you got to do acronyms to help people walk out with what you're teaching. And so I want to give you some peace builders this morning. P-E-A-C-E. Did I spell that right? My math and spelling's not so good sometimes. Did I get that right? Peace builders. Yes. Come on. High five. All right. Peace builders. But there are some things that are very simple and practical. And, and look, some, like some of these you may like have down, but you may still be missing some perfect peace. And there may be an area that you need to, to, to maybe work out, that you need to give a little booster in. And so we're going to look at, at, at these five things, peace builders. And the first one is like the simplest one. Pray about everything. Can we say this? Let's say the last word together. Let's say everything together. Pray about everything. Man, you guys said that like you believe it. And you do it. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. People listen to the podcast like, what's he doing? You got you to gotta be here to get the full effect. But seriously, like what's your first response? Is it, is it prayer or is prayer your last resort? And so Paul gives us this in the Philippians. He says, don't worry about anything. And this is a prominent verse on our Sunday mornings because like this is something that we all could do better in. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace. And that's what I want. I want God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace will guard your heart and minds. It's a peace that exceeds anything we, we can understand. And, and look, we've all been there, right? We've all been in a situation, a circumstance. It was like, I can't. And, and, and we've had people say this to us, maybe. I don't understand how you're getting through that. There have been moments and seasons where, like, I don't understand. But I've experienced it, and I know how I got it. Because on occasion, I pray first before I try to fix it first. But in all honesty, sometimes we try to fix it first before we pray first. And when we try to fix it first, we're not walking in perfect peace. But when we pray first, we're able to walk in perfect peace. And, and, and for me, my first response can sometimes easily be work, but it's like an anxious energy. Like, like when, when I'm worried and I'm stressed out, my kitchen is the cleanest like every dish is washed, there's not a single crumb on the counter, everything is swept up, anybody else, all the clothes are folded because I've got all this anxious energy and instead of praying, I'm working. So here's what I've started doing, I'm praying while I work. Not like the seven dwarves, right, whistling while I work, but instead I'm praying while I work and I'm making the most of it. So let me just encourage you, and, and you may have this down, but there may be another one that you need to work on. Pray about everything. And it's so simple, but so difficult. But it's not just any peace. It's a peace that supersedes our understanding. And it doesn't just get you through the moment, but it also guards your heart and guards your mind. It puts a fence around it so that the enemy can't attack you. The E in peace, embody God's word. Embody God's word. And I almost switched this to encourage yourself with God's word. And God's word is so encouraging, but it's way more than a pep talk. 
we want to receive God's word as a pep talk. God wants us to embody his word, which means that we put some body to it, which means we put some motion to it, we put some practice to it. We don't just read it and we write it on our mirror or we write it on a note card and we read it over ourselves and we make a positive affirmation. I believe in that 100%, but I also know if I'm just making a positive affirmation but I'm not doing what it says, scripture says I'm only fooling myself. And so there are probably many of us in this room that there's some areas in our life that God has spoken to us on, given us a word for, that he wants us to do some work in, and we're not embodying it. So that's kind of lingering in the back of our mind and knowing that's an area that we need to take care of. And so Paul says this. He says, he says keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me. Everything that you heard from me and saw me doing. That is bold. And he says, then the God of peace will be with you. And Paul is saying, and, and he says this multiple times in scripture, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. He, he, he says, put into work everything that you've heard me say and everything that I've done, which is everything in scripture that he's teaching through the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, you will walk in peace. And so for some of us, we may not be walking in peace because we're not walking in obedience. And when we're walking in obedience, it's easy to walk in peace because we're not responsible for the results. It's one of the things that I miss about being the second chair. Because being the second chair and the, the executive pastor, all I had to do was do what my pastor told me. And if, if I did what he told me and it messed up, it's not on me, it's on him. <laughs> right? He would say this all the time. He's like, guys, the buck stops with me. And I was like, yeah, but that's so easy. But no, it is not. He would tell me to do it. And if I did it, it worked great. If it didn't, it's his problem. It's the same with God's word. If we're following God's word and it doesn't work out in the moment, he's responsible for the outcome. We're just responsible for being obedient and embodying God's word. And so maybe for you, you need to embody God's word a little bit more and put some body to it, make it tangible, put it in motion. The A in peace is this one. I love this one. Appreciate the little things. Appreciate the little things. Matthew says this in Matthew, Matthew 6, verse 25 through 26. He says, this is why I tell you not to worry. Anybody else play the Don't Worry, Be Happy song in your head when you hear that? Don't worry about everyday life. Sorry, I had to listen to that. Um, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? And he goes on in the next couple of passages there, and he says, don't just look at the birds. Instead, he says, also look at the flowers of the field and how God clothes them in such magnificent clothing. Aren't you more valuable than the flowers of the field? In Psalms 8, the, the, the psalmist says, when I look at the stars, I'm amazed that you put them in the sky with your finger and says that you called them by name. How are we who we are? And so what I see us is sometimes we get these big, unpeaceful situations and we miss all the small blessings around that God is saying, but look at this, but look at this, but look at this. 
but we're focused on this that's right in front of us. And when my middle child was like three or four, maybe five, um, I was grilling steaks one day. And it had been a long time since I've grilled steaks. And my wife, we like ours medium well. And I know there are some of you that eat them blue rare. Um, we're going to have a prayer session after service for you. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, it's basically you put it on the grill, turn it, put it on a plate, and then you eat it, okay? But we like ours medium to medium rare. And so you can, you can go either way real quick, right? And so I was doing some other stuff, and, and I go back out, and there are flames across the top of my steaks. I don't know what's happened, but they're just charred, and they're burnt. And so I take them in. I, like It's pretty much well done. And some of you may eat your steaks like that. No shame. It's fine. But we don't eat ours that way. And so I go in. I'm mad, and I just throw the steaks down. And, and Jennifer and, and Ella say something, and I take offense to it because sometimes I can be easily offended. And so I slam another plate down, and it gets real silent. It's like, oh, dad's going off. And so Jennifer's like, mm-hmm. You know, she kind of gives me that look. See what you've done now. And so, and so I go to the bathroom and I close the door and I'm just, I'm just there just trying to calm down so we can eat dinner. And Addison comes in in, in all of her wisdom and she's like, dad, can I come in? And I'm like, no, babe, dad's angry. I shouldn't have acted that way. I'm sorry. And she's like, dad, just look at yourself. <laughs> she's, she said, just look at yourself. What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm upset. I'm upset. I shouldn't have got mad. And she's like, well, just do what I do when I get upset or mad. And I'm like, yes, Addison, what is that? And all your, like, crazy problems. And she's like, I eat candy and spend time with family. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I've just been schooled by a four-year-old, right? And here's the thing about children, guys, is they appreciate the little things. They find value in a Starburst, right, in time with family. Whereas, like, I just want, I was stressed out and no peace about this gourmet meal that I had ruined. And, and we lose the joy and the peace in appreciating the little things. And, and I try to hold on to it and catch it. And, and Millie, when I, when I lay down with her at night to pray and I lean up against her bed because she's got a twin bed now and it's just real awkward. She's, and so I'm leaning there and, and she'll just take and she'll just rub the back of my hair. And she's like, Dad, your hair is so soft. It's like, well, enjoy it while it lasts, baby, <laughs> right? And so just enjoying, see, I see you laughing. I see your eyes. So what is it in your life that you appreciate, that you don't take time to pause, as the saying goes, and smell the roses? And Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. Look at the flowers of the field. Aren't you more valuable? There's tiny blessings all around you that God's given to help you have shalom, shalom, perfect peace. The C in peace is conquer your fears. Conquer your fears. What giants, what obstacles, what weaknesses, maybe what conversations do you need to have that you need to lean into because it just keeps circling back around and you have no peace. It's like Goliath, the giant, in the story in the Old Testament is like he would come every day and he would stand at the end of his camp and he would just taunt the Israelite army. And they would go out and they would have these war cries and then the giant would come out and then they would run in their tent crying, right? A retreat cry. And so they would do this day and day again. So what giant is coming to you yelling threats at you that's causing you to be afraid? 
What fear do you need to overcome? What conversation do you need to have? Because they don't just disappear. John Acuff, who's a writer that lives in Nashville, and he's written several books, and he made this statement one, and it's just stuck with me. He says, fears that you don't overcome, they don't go away. They just become ghosts that haunt you. And if you think about that, that is so true. And it could be like something adventurous that you want to do that you keep putting off because, you know, you just don't know how you can do it or you don't have the strength or you don't have the capabilities, but you really want to do that. It's a fear that you want to overcome. Maybe it's a conversation you need to have. Maybe it's a relationship that needs to be restored. Whatever that is that, that you're afraid of, lean into it. It's funny as... When we were in Costa Rica the first time, the first time I was in Costa Rica, we would go to this place um, called Turtle Island. Is that right, Stephen, Turtle Island? And so we would go to Turtle Island, and going out there, you had some activities. You could ride a banana boat. You could hang out on the beach, or you could go snorkeling. And I always say scuba diving, but snorkeling and scuba diving are not the same, guys. I don't know if you knew that, right? Scuba diving, you go under the water. Snorkeling, you stay on top of the water. And so they're like, you're going to get to go snorkeling. And I swim about like a brick, right? But I was like, I'm going to go snorkeling because I thought it was going to be at the beach. We get there like, no, you're going to get in a boat and go out a half a mile to this big rock in the ocean. And I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing that. And the guy that was with me, he said, look, Stephen, I'm going to be your life coach today. He said, you're going to go snorkeling and you're going to love it. I'm like, dude, I'm terrified. He's like, I trust my life, my eternal life with you every Sunday. Can you trust me with your life today? And I'm like, dude. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so it wasn't even a, so, so I get in the boat, terrified. He's the only one that knows I'm terrified. I'm trying to play it cool because I'm the pastor, no fear, right? And so we drive out, and, and they give us our life vest, and they're not even real life vest. We have to blow them up. <laughs> we have to blow it, and I'm like, you, are you, all right, dude, blow up my vest, because if I drown, it's on your hands, <laughs> so you make sure there's plenty of air. And I've never snorkeled, and there's this rhythm you have to get because your nose is clamped, so you can't breathe through your nose, and you have to breathe through your mouth, and this whole time, I'm just like, Lord Jesus, please Please don't let me drown. But guys, I snorkeled, and it was the most incredible thing I've ever experienced next to getting married and having children so and planning a church. And it's probably like the fifth most incredible thing <laughs> I've, ever, I've ever done. But here's the thing, guys. I was in water I couldn't touch. Like, that doesn't happen. And now I get to tell you about it to hopefully you can face your fears in some way that may seem impossible and if you need somebody to help you, I'll be your life coach, right? Because I had one. But what fear do you need to conquer? And the last is this for E. So pray about everything, embody God's word, appreciate the little things, conquer your fears. And the last one is this, guys. In this season especially, just enjoy life. Man, Ecclesiastes 5.16 um, through 24 passages here. And Solomon wrote this, who was David's son, the wisest man and the richest man to ever have lived. And he says this, he says, people leave this world no better off than when they came. All their hard work is for nothing. They're just chasing the wind. Throughout their lives, they live under this cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. You know what he's saying? They live under this cloud with absolutely no peace within. 
And he says in verse 18, even so, I've noticed one thing, at least one thing that is good. It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during this short life that God has given us and to accept their life. And it's a good thing to receive wealth from God and good health to enjoy it. Enjoy your work and accept it. This indeed is a gift from God. Guys, this life that we have, no matter how great or how terrible it may seem right now, it is a gift. Every single morning we wake up, we get to put shoes on our feet and make our bed or don't make your bed your prerogative. Every single day that we wake up, it's a gift that we get to enjoy. Yes, there's toil, there's work, there's responsibilities, there's all these things, but it's something for us to enjoy. And he goes on to say this, God keeps such people so busy enjoying life, they take no time to brood over the past. They keep us, like we stay so busy enjoying life that we are full of peace. We're not, we're not brooding over the past and the mistakes that we made, the things we wish we could have done different, the decisions that we wish would have been different, the different outcomes, but we're enjoying right now because he says this life is short. We're enjoying right now. And let's stay busy, guys, in this season, not shopping, not wondering how we're gonna make it through with the in-laws, not stressing over finances. Let's stay busy enjoying life. Walking in this shalom, shalom, perfect peace within. So how busy are you right now? Just hit the pause button and just how busy are you right now? And what does your busy feel like? Is there peace in your busyness? Is there, is there joy in it? Are you enjoying life? Because here's, here's the truth. Jesus said it. He says it in, in John 16, 33. He says, um, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Because he says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. And so what is he saying here? So he's, he's given us a promise. He's saying, I've told you, told you these things so that you would have peace in me. Again, go back to where he said, I didn't, like, don't imagine, one translation says, don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. But he says, I didn't come to bring peace on earth. I came to bring peace in you. Because in this life, on this earth, we are going to have storms. We are going to have trials. We're going to have things that we go through. But he says, take heart because I've overcome all those things and I want you to have peace in me. So here's, here's the takeaway for today. Jesus didn't promise external peace on earth, but he promised internal peace in him. Jesus didn't promise everything was gonna go right. I say this all the time. He didn't promise a storm-free life, but a storm-proof life. We're not gonna have peace on the outside at times, but guys, we can walk at peace on the inside all the time. When we go and we make peace with the Father, with our everlasting Father, get things right there, and then put into practice some of these things to help us cultivate and build peace on a greater degree, and so for you, like, like of those five things, what area are you lacking in? Where do you need, and, and it's not from a works standpoint, but it's from a health standpoint. It's just like in the, in the natural, like what do you need to add into your daily routine so that you are more healthy spiritually? Maybe you're more prone to work than to pray. Well, let your first response be prayer. 
Maybe you're not putting into practice everything that, that you hear taught on the stage or read in scripture or your devotions. Maybe you're not putting those things into practice. You need to embody God's word more. Maybe you need to make a list for the, our list makers out there, all the little blessings that you have. And then try to find those throughout the day and pause and appreciate that. What um, fear do you need to conquer? And then overall, guys, let's just go to enjoy life. This is the season to do that. I remember as a kid, just could not wait to get to my grandparents' house. And I could not wait for Christmas morning. And I could not wait for all these things. And as a child, we enjoy it differently because we haven't been jaded yet, right? Adulting is ridiculously hard. And we talked in small group the other night, and guys, we ran around the circle, and we talked about when did you realize you became an adult, right? And we were all kind of sharing our moments, and then it came to the realization, just when I think I'm an adult, I experience something else that says, nope, now I'm an adult, <laughs> right? But I want us to have the wonder of a child this season, and not just this season, but in our walk with Christ, walking in that peace and trusting him. And if you're here today and, and, and maybe you've never experienced that peace and, and some of this is like brand new to you and you've not been in church long or maybe at all, um, there is a peace that goes beyond just the moment. There is a rest that goes beyond just the now. There is an eternal peace and an eternal rest that is offered to you through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's not anything that you have to do, but it's something simply you have to say. And that's yes. The invitation for you is there. Jesus has already done all the work. He's already made all the preparations. He's, he's given his life and nothing else left to give to take away all of your sins. Everything that you've done that, that, that you're ashamed of, and I don't know how it works in the grand scheme of things and what it looks like logistically, but what I know is that the eternal reward that you get is not because of what you've done, but because of what he's done in removing that penalty of sin from your life. Scripture says he puts it as far as the east is from the west, never to remember them again. He chooses to forget. It's not an accident he forgets, but he chooses. And then he looks at you and he sees you as complete. He sees you as forgiven. He sees you as righteous, which means in right standing. And Paul tells us in Ephesians or in, in 1 Corinthians that, that all the old things are gone and that all things are made new, those who are in, new, in, in relationship with Christ. And so for those of you today, it can be the first day of the rest of your life, better than you could imagine. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment, if you're here today, I never wanna miss an opportunity for people to say yes to Jesus and if that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus, just simply acknowledge by raising your hand. Just simply acknowledge by raising your hand. And in a moment, what we're going to do is, is we're going to pray. And it's not my words that save you, but it's yours. And just saying, Jesus, I give you my life. I'm tired of trying to do this on my own, but I'm giving you my life. Let's pray together. Father, I just come to you this morning. God, I thank you for the hands that were lifted. God, I thank you for the hearts that were lifted. I 
Thank you for those that are coming back to their everlasting father in this moment. God, they're coming back into relationship or maybe for the first time. And God, they've been walking through a season maybe where there's been this internal struggle of not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy, not feeling loved. God, I pray that in this moment, they feel your unconditional love. That all guilt and shame is removed and purpose is renewed. Courage is renewed. Identity is renewed. And everything that you've done and in everything that you are. God, for the rest of us in the season, and it's easy on the surface and on the outside to look like everything's okay. A smile, a laugh, a full schedule, just making things happen, a decorated tree. But God, many of us may be walking at the end of 2022 knowing something is missing and that that is peace. So God, we receive that peace from you. But God, help us to walk in that perfect peace by fixing our minds on you. To put into practice the things that you tell us to. To courageously overcome our fears. To pray when we want to worry and work to appreciate the many blessings you put in our life. And God, just to enjoy this life you've given us, to stay busy doing that. So Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, in our lives, in our church, and in our city. In Jesus' name, and everyone says, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap this morning.